welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday, the 4th of February, 2017. Writing progress this week? Well, I've just finished writing another 5,092 words, and that makes a 21,000 total for Dead of Night. So next week, hopefully, when I'm recording next week's diary, I will be halfway through Dead of Night. Now, that seems amazing that I'm halfway through a book. If you remember, if you listen to the diaries regularly, you'll know that over summer I wrote uh, three lots of 90,000 word books. I'd never written up to 90,000 words before. I'd never written that long before. So that felt like a real stretch at the time. But it's funny, when you exercise that writing muscle, 50,000 feels like nothing at all to me. And I'm having to be really, really disciplined to make sure that I get all the things that I want to happen within that very tight uh, space. So I never thought I'd see the day when I was saying that 50,000 wasn't very many words. But but actually, writing 50,000 words is fitting in really well with my working arrangements. You'll know that I'm working uh, three days a week now. And then I have effectively, well, three days working, four days working on my self-employed business, my writing and things like that. And it's actually working very well for me. But I can tell you already that 50,000 words is going to be the novel length that I write for this year. I think at first I thought I might get four lots of 90,000 word novels done. But leaving enough space to sort of breathe and, uh, you know, and all the other permutations, I got kids looking at universities and things this year. So we're doing a lot of trips uh, around the place. 50,000 is what what it's going to be this year. I can tell you that already because it works very, very comfortably for time. And actually, as it's settling down, Fridays are becoming my writing days. And uh, interestingly, I, I have one of my children at sixth form at the moment, and he's able to flit. Um, they've got quite a long walk to school, but uh, rather than stay at school all day, he walks back in the morning. And it's actually working really well on a Fridays because I need to run him back at half past one in the afternoon. And if I don't uh, shirk or, or, you know, mess around at all, if I have zero distractions, if I start work the minute my wife leaves for work, which is 9.40, it's all very carefully timed this, and when my son needs to run back to school, which is one thirty, I get my 5,000 words done there. I'm actually finding it works really well because I just get on with it. And I, I nip out for about five minutes to make a cup of tea in between writing stints and then take my son back at one thirty. And that's nice to have a drive and a chat in the car. And I'm just finding it works very well on Friday. So that's the kind of new routine that's built around me also having to do a day job three days a week now. But it feels very comfortable. So I, I'm pretty sure I can keep that up through the year. Uh, I had another publisher knockback this week, and uh, it's interesting because I was inter- I was uh, interviewing Angie Marsons, who this week announced through Bookature that she sold. Wait for it, two million ebooks, two million ebooks, and and Angie's been at it for absolutely years and had knockbacks from you know publishers and magazines and all the all the usual things that people have to go through, but but she published through Bookature. She got an amazing book deal through Bookature. And she's just reached 2 million ebook sales. You imagine, just close your eyes and imagine what that would be like to sell 2 million ebooks. Absolutely astonishing. And, uh, you know, Angie's gone through all the heartache that we all have to go through, the knockbacks, the no thank you very much is the almost but not quite, all of those comments. Yet she can still sell 2 million ebooks. 
Uh, and that's what we're hanging on for. You know, that, that hopefully one day we might be like a- um, Angie Marsons. Now, so I interviewed Angie for the podcast this week. Uh, her interview's coming up uh, towards the end of March, March 20th off the top of my head. Great, great, great interview. If you want to just hear, you know, a regular person, um, you know, no advantages. Um, and actually, my goodness, she was very, very close to... Uh, well, she had a lot of, you know, financial issues. The house was at risk. She came very, very close to, you know, l- losing a lot of things in her life. And then all of a sudden this Bookature deal came along. She hit the million ebook sale and then the two million ebook sale. So why I'm telling you that is I got another knockback from Moth Books this week. Uh, Moth Books do crime. You know, it's the usual thing. Uh, I, I tell you what I do notice actually. And I, I, I had occurred to me that maybe, you know, many publishers are sort of thinking we, we might be turning down the next self-publishing sensations. Let's make sure that we write a very nice email. But I've had a lot of nice emails, um, you know, very pleasant, very, very courteous saying, you know, it's just not the book for us at, at the right time, not not being snotty or anything like that. Very polite email back from both books, you know, just saying that it's not the right book for them. That's all fair enough. Very nice uh, email. Uh, very polite. And to be honest with you, I've had a lot of those. Uh, none of them saying yes, unfortunately, but they have all been very courteous and polite. And, and you know, you can't really ask for more than that, I don't think. You have to accept that your book isn't right, you know, for people if it's not, or they don't want to take a punt on you. Uh, and, th- and that's fine. So uh, that's another one ticked off the list. I, to be honest with you, when I, when I sent it out, I think I had a list of five or six, um, you know, sort of slightly alternative publishers that I was interested in. And uh, I, I, I'm not even keeping track um, of, of who said yes and who said no, because I'm just sort of getting on with it, getting them ready for publication and self-publishing them. But if in the meantime, I get a pleasant surprise and somebody's interested, um, then we'll, we'll see where we are when that comes. But you know, I've kind of been at it long enough now to know that you just need to send all these boomerangs out in the hope that maybe one day you might get one coming back. But in the meantime, as you know, my policy is don't hang around, get them self-published, get them making sales because they will make sales anyway. Um, and then, you know, all the time you're publishing, you're improving. And then one of these days, you just might have that one that, that fires. So um, it's interesting that I, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the diary, my sales at the moment, I haven't done anything for sales since before Christmas. I think I can't remember when I did the last three books. I've done nothing. Uh, no Facebooks, no, no nothing. Well, I, I tell a lie, actually. I'll, I'll tell you something later about Insta Freebie. I have been doing some Insta Freebie, but I'm doing nothing at all to market the secret bunker at the grid at the moment, other than letting them sit on perma-free on Amazon, which obviously brings a certain through flow uh, through. And um, what else am I doing? Uh, and the Insta Freebie stuff, but that's pretty well it. So my sales at the moment are are low, the lowest they've been for a long time. And that, that's fine because I got these thrillers coming out and I'll get round to it. But but interestingly, this month, because there's a delay in the payouts from Amazon, I had my best payout month this month, even though I'm making my lowest sales in this month. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think that the next pay month is going to be my high one. I think I, I, I'm terrible with this stuff because it's like, well, the pay comes in every month. So, so I don't really care. And it's not enough at the moment for me to get excited about. So, um, I don't pay an awful lot of attention to it, but I think next month is going to be my highest payout month, even though at the moment I'm experiencing low sales months and mine haven't really picked up. So I, I know I'm just so busy at the moment this month. It's just not going to happen, but I know that I need to get some promos going of the secret bunker and uh, the grid. And I, I will get round to it. Um, and this was the first month, of course, that my 0% tax retention of the USA 
um, hasn't been an issue. So that also obviously helped uh, with the earnings. So it was a good payout month this month. I mean, you know, it's not living money or anything like that, but it, it's it's nice to have. It pays a lot of um, expenses. So, um, you know, we're, we're building, but I, I think the, the message for me, the, the lesson for me is that you've got to just keep promoting. You can't stop promoting. You, you know, until you hit presumably a certain level where things take care of it themselves. And I had this in internet marketing, interesting, you know, with, with blog traffic and things like that. I remember when I started a blog years ago, um, you know, I had to really fight to get anybody to read it. And then with paulteague.com, which is a blog that's been around for years now, um, you, you hit a point where actually I just get a certain level of organic traffic. And I'm hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, that it's like that with book sales that hopefully reach a certain point, a critical mass where I mean, clearly, you always need to promote, but you're you're selling a certain level of books. I hope, without having to always be promoting all the time. Now, um, I've had a, a real page. I was one and a half hours in the bank yesterday. Um, I, my my business bank is a, is for a limited account, uh, but when I decided to to go back to to work part time, uh, you know, pay as you earn, uh, rather than. Um, sort of, you know, dividends of the usual way that you pay yourself in a business. I just decided to change the structure of my business. So I'm, I've been a sole trader since the end of September of 2016. And it's taken me this long to go to the bank to change my bank from a, you know, having limited on it to, to having a normal account. And oh my goodness, I was sitting there for over an hour and a half yesterday, having to go through all the forms and the paperwork and all of that stuff. And you think, crikey, it's the 21st century. Surely we could do this in a much easier way now, um, you know, without having to sit there doing all of this so manually. But anyhow, I now have a bank sole trader account. So I've, I've got that sorted out. And uh, the reason I'm telling you this is not to moan about the length of time I was in the bank, uh, but was to, to t- say to you that obviously I then had to go and change all my, my Amazon payout bank details to make sure that everybody's going to pay me and the money's going to come into the right account. And what I'd forgotten to do, um, when I sorted out that 0% tax retention problem in the States, I had changed my draft to digital account and I had changed my um, Kindle account. But what I found out yesterday when I was changing all my bank accounts is I'd forgotten to do that for ACX, which is audiobooks, and create space. So those two accounts were still retaining tax in the in the USA. So um, although I had to sit through one and a half hours of changing this bank account, at least doing that has made me uh, get all of my accounts right now. So there is no tax retention in the USA. So it did at least have a dividend uh, in terms of that for me. So hopefully I've hit all my accounts now and no tax is going to be withheld. The disappointing thing is that it's not backdated. Now, um, again, this is one of these things that I'm going to need to get around to, but I'd like to find out if there's a way of claiming back from the US um, the tax that has been withheld that shouldn't have been because I'm a you know a UK taxpayer and I now have this EIN number, this magic number, which means I don't have to have any tax retained. So if you know anything about that, if you know anything about you know getting your backdated cash back, um, please let me know because I'd be quite keen to get that. We've got a nice little savings pot there and I would quite like that back in my account. Another thing I've done writing-wise this week is I've removed, um, when I was in Draft of Digital last night sorting out the bank details, what I did is I've now removed my listings from Kobo. So on Draft of Digital, it's what's called an aggregator and I'm on Scribed and iBooks and ooh, Barnes and & Noble, uh, whatever the other ones are, and Kobo. Now, 
again, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that the reason I don't list directly on Kobo was that I'd been formatting my books um, myself, and then I'd uploaded those files into Kobo, and I could not make them look the way that I was happy with. But of course, since then, I've discovered Vellum, and the wonderful Vellum outputs all your files for, you know, Google Play, um, Kindle, uh, iBooks, uh, Kobo. So now that Vellum is creating bespoke formatted files for me, I thought, right, while I'm in draft to digital, I'm going to delist on Kobo. And then it's not going to happen in this quarter. It's going to happen after March because I'm, I'm too busy in this quarter. I don't think it's going to happen in this quarter. Um, I'm then going to list those books individually and directly on Kobo. Now, this is something I've wanted to do for some time. But um, uh, when I was listing The Secret Bunker and The Grid, I had technical problems. And in the end, I got to that stage where I thought, you know what, it's taking too much time. Let's just list it through Draft to Digital, get them selling on Kobo, and I'll come back to this. Well, I'm getting in the zone now to come back to this. And, and it's Vellum that's that's edged me further along. Because with Vellum, you, you format the books beautifully, and then you output them to all these individual file types. And then what it means is these beautifully formatted files are beautifully formatted for each and every outlet, which is another reason why I've fallen in love with Vellum so suddenly and quickly and thoroughly. So that's going to make the Kobo life much easier for me now. But I do prefer with Kobo because Kobo really is a force to be reckoned with in, in self-publishing. I really want to list directly there, not through an aggregator. Now, I don't care about Barnes & Noble. I mean, it's just questionable as to how long they'll even be around as a business. Uh, you know, iBooks, I don't particularly care for. Google Play, I don't think I've ever sold a book on Google Play, even though I have an old account and I'm listed on Google Play. So I'm not really bothered about those. Scribed, I mean, actually, I am making money from somewhere because Draft of Digital keeps sending me checks every month. But it's negligible. It excites me even less than my uh, Kindle income. Um, and it's, you know, I don't I don't know whether it's probably a little bit of Kobo, a bit of Barnes & Noble, a bit of iBooks. I think, I think that may be the odd scribed, but, but I'm not selling anything on Google Play. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't really excite me particularly, but I do want to list directly on Kobo. So that's coming in quarter two. It's on my quarter two planning board for after March. Um, and I'll talk to you about that when I do it because I'm really keen to get listed on Kobo directly. The pleasant surprise of the week is Insta Freebie. Now, um, I've kind of signed up to Insta Freebie and I've got a paid for account. I've listed my two freebie books, which are the Secret Bunker one and the Grid one. And I've just, frankly, I've just listed them and left them there. Now, to date, just having left them there, I've got over a hundred new subscribers. Just, I've done nothing. I'm not even quite sure where they're coming from. I will dig around a little bit again, you know, probably in quarter two and I've got more time. But so far I've had 66 just organic subscriptions from the grid and 37 from the secret bunker. So this must be listed somewhere in Insta Freebies infrastructure. I haven't got a clue where it is just yet or, or how people are finding these books, but they are um, subscribing. So fantastic. You know, 100 free subscribers. I'll have that. It took me when I started internet marketing in 2008, it took me a year to get 25 subscribers uh, when I knew nothing about this stuff. So, you know, I'm not knocking 100 free subscribers. Now, um, I do plan to do some promos through Insta Freebie, uh, either in February and or March, to just start testing the water. I would like to hold my own. Um, I've, I've got demo pages ready for that, so I can fairly easily hold my own Insta Freebie promo, which I would really very much like to do. I'm kind of half done with that. Um, I did the work a week or two ago, so I, I'm almost ready to roll with that. But I want to do one first as a participant before I hold one, just so I can iron out the rough spots. 
but I, I'm very happy with Insta Freebie. Now, because I was getting those results, what I have done with it is I the um, Insta Freebie only connects with Mailchimp at the moment. So as those people subscribe, they go into a Mailchimp account. What I've done is I've used uh, uh, Zapier. Zapier. I've connected um, Mailchimp to my Get Response account, so that when people subscribe in um, Insta Freebie, crack! I have to concentrate with this. When they subscribe and get a free book through Insta Freebie, they go into Mailchimp. Zapier connects Mailchimp to Get Response, and Get Response is the email marketing tool I use. And Zapier automatically transfers those new logins, so the whole thing is automated into Get Response, and then into my my email sequence. So I've got the whole thing automated now. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to manually transfer my subscribers. The whole thing just sits there and, and adds subscri- subscribers to my list on autopilot, which is how I like it. I don't like having to export from MailChimp, import into GetResponse. To me, that's where you have problems with people unsubscribing and you're not realizing and sending them emails. You want all of this automated, really. You don't want to have to do any of it manually. So Zapier is my top tip if you don't use MailChimp. And all I'm doing is using a free MailChimp account to harvest these emails just so that it links with InstaFreebie. And then they're going into my paid account, which is a GetResponse account. It's working beautifully. I'm not having to touch anything with there. There are no moving parts when you use Zapier. With the podcast, I've just experienced my highest podcast download month ever. Now, this pales into insignificance with other podcasts, but um, I think I did about 2,600 downloads in January, um, you know, which I'm quite pleased with. It's the highest downloads month I've had. And I'm not really sure. You know, I still kind of smell a rat to a certain extent. Maybe I've been doing internet marketing too wrong. Uh, because I, I really can't think of a way that people could cheat this. I'm sure there is a way people can cheat it or scam it or do something evil. Um, but, you know, <laughs> maybe I ought to get my mindset sorted out because there's me thinking, right, that's a lot of downloads, Paul. Who's cheating the system or what, what's happening here? Rather than just patting myself on the back and saying, congratulations, Paul, you've, you've had a record downloads month. But, um, I've had some really high download days and, because I can't figure out where they're coming from in, in the stats that I get, it just makes me a bit suspicious. It makes me think, is this some kind of bot or something like that? But anyhow, I'm not knocking it. You know, 2,600 and whatever it was downloads, that's a, that's a good uh, it's a record for me. Um, you know, some, some authors who I've interviewed are driving a lot of traffic for me, which is great, and hopefully it's serving them as well. But this is the joy of a podcast. You know, you, you just because I did an interview a year ago doesn't mean that interview is not just as relevant today as it was a year ago. Um, you, we're not talking about tech, we're talking about writing. So um, the great thing about a podcast is, is this is evergreen content and people can discover the podcast at any stage. And as they do, they tend to listen to all of the episodes. So it may be that I'm just, you know, a year into this now, almost a year in, I'm beginning to reap the benefits of just having been around a little bit longer. So I'll monitor that. But, you know, that's just something that I'm very happy about. Some very high podcast downloads. I've done a couple of interviews this week. I interviewed Angie Marsons at the beginning of the week. Angie, as I've already told you, is a two million selling uh, author for Bookature. I was also interested to talk about Bookature because they really are the new kids on the block at the moment. They're doing extremely well in terms of book sales. Unfortunately, they knocked me back for Don't Tell Meg. But, you know, we'll keep plugging on and we'll get there. If you listen to Angie Marsh, Angie Marsden's story, you'll know that you've got to have some grit with this. You've just got to keep going and going and going until you have the book that just captures the imagination. 
I also uh, yesterday interviewed Avril McDonald, and you know it ne- just never ceases to amaze me the people I talk to. Um, you know, we really are all very entrepreneurial in our different ways, and, and, and Avril has launched around a series of children's books that deal with sort of mindset and anxiety issues. She's building a whole brand, and she's built a charitable wing off her books. Uh, her press coverage is just amazing. Um, so do listen to Avril. Um, she's coming up in a couple of weeks time. Again, if you look at, if you look at the show notes for this page, you'll see that I always tell you who's coming up in, in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, but Avril is like somebody I've not spoken to before. She's building a real business around her books. I mean, a real kind of international business. Um, and, and, and it's a story I've not heard before in all the people I've spoken to on this podcast. So two great interviews this week. Really, really enjoyed talking to both of those authors, Angie and Avril. My last bit of news for this week is that I'm now going into Overdrive to get a load of Alliance of Independent Author videos done. I need to have these done or I've promised them by, he says shuddering as he looks at his as his planning board. I said I'd have these into the Alliance of Independent Authors by Monday the 20th. So um, I, I've got lots of podcast interviews in the pot now. So everything I do now is going to be geared to uh, obviously keeping up my writing targets, but getting these videos done uh, and edited and out. Now, these videos are going to be free to the Alliance of Independent Authors. They're just um, videos about the basics of self-publishing. It was just something that I said to Anna Ross uh, that I would do. Uh, I'm allowed to drive that traffic to the Self-Publishing Academy, which is my own membership training site. and will give Alliance of Independent Authors uh, members a discount uh, for that we'll give them a 50% discount as a result of coming through the alliance of independent authors so long as they're already uh, members they'll need their membership number to go through that process um so lots and lots of video recording over the next two weeks and lots and lots of video editing to hit that deadline of february the 20th now to be honest with you although i'm very happy to do that work for the alliance of independent authors i frankly could have done without that um, you know, in this first part of the year, because I'm adjusting to working three days a week. I'm trying to hit my writing targets as well. And, um, you know, it's, that's just, it's quite a lot of work to get out. So I will be pleased when it's done. Um, because I, I really kind of clear the decks then when that happens. And I, I can just get on with then getting my own books ready for release on the 23rd of March and making sure that. Um, Dead of Night, which is the 50,000 word book I'm working on, making sure that's written in first draft form by the end of March. So um, I am sort of seeing the light at the end of March. Uh, I need to get these videos done. And then I start to be a little bit more, well, a lot more comfortable for time. Um, but I have got way too much on at the moment. You know, I've done loads of podcast interviews and things like that. And it's all very enjoyable work, but I probably took a little bit more, more on than I should have done during this quarter, which is why I very quickly adjusted to writing a 50,000 word book rather than a, a 90,000 word book. Cause I, I, I just don't think I'd have got it done if I'd have gone for 90,000 words, but that, you know, that's all fine. Um, so that's what I've been doing this week. Plenty and plenty of activity. Uh, you wouldn't know also that I'm fitting in a three day a week sort of you know, paid job around this, which I don't talk about um, at all. But interestingly, as part of that job, um, I'm doing a webinar on Tuesday, which I can't, I can't tell you where it is because it's part of what I do locally. Um, it's not an open webinar. Um, but we've, we've got 300, well, at the time of recording this, 320 people on that webinar. So it's lovely to be doing packed webinars 
um, to, to people. Uh, even though I can't tell you about it here, it's kind of a local thing um, and, it, and it's advertised through different channels. But it's nice to be doing webinars, you know, to packed houses again. Because when I was doing internet marketing, you know, we used to have lovely full um, webinars and it's something I've struggled to achieve. I always had people in the webinars, but not as many as I'd like. So it is very nice and actually a little bit daunting to be doing a webinar to 320 people uh, on Tuesday. So keep your fingers crossed for me that all the technology works and the broadband plays ball. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast diary. There's going to be another one next Saturday when hopefully I'll be telling you I'm halfway through uh, Dead of Night. Just a, a quick trailer to my guest for Monday. It's Keith Dixon, a crime writer. Keith writes in a crime writing series, but he also writes some of the things that actually aren't, you know, aren't quite crime writing too. He writes in other uh, genres as well. And Keith has got really interesting experience because he's kind of been involved and on the edges of self-publishing for very many years. He's seen it go through many uh, transitional stages. So he's got a really good take on self-publishing. So that's Keith Dixon on self-publishing journeys uh, on Monday, the 6th of February. If ever you've got any questions for me, you want to follow anything up that you've heard in the diaries or on the podcast, you can always email me. There's a contact form actually on the podcast site at selfpublishingjourneys.com or just email me directly at paul at paulteague.com. In the meantime, I'm back for another diary next Saturday. Have a great week of writing. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.